Welcome to the Broken Metatarsal, where we celebrate everything that Naughty's football had to offer. My name is Rich Williams. Joining me today, Planet Football editor Mark Holmesy Holmes. Buenos dias. <laughs> what? 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 Because it's different to last week. Okay, fine. Just, just, just. You're going to do a different one each each uh, podcast. We'll see. And it's a return for our European footy expert Pete Farris. Hello, a good British. Brexit, hello. That's more, wow. like, that's more like it. Wow. From the European football experts, it's brilliant. <laughs> yes, and European, who's to stay there. He hates Europe. <laughs> and our special guest is a returning Derby supporting comedian uh, and now the host of the Football 365 show. There but, you go, but, I got, but, the, but, but, got but, the plug in there for you guys. Thank you. Uh, Mark Smith, Mark, welcome, mate. You all right? Uh, very well, yeah. Thanks for having Good. me back on. It's our pleasure because we enjoyed you, your company so much last time. Oh, so stop it! And, and you were in the area. We couldn't make Ivo Graham's trains work, so we had right. to have Mark. That's more accurate. Well, who's Graham? <laughs> Ivo Graham was uh, on the three six five show today. Trains didn't work, so it's Mark. You're going to have to do it. Who's hey, Graham? Look, I'll, I'll turn up and be wherever I need to be and say whatever I need to say. This you is, know this about me by now. This is not the way you warm someone up, Holmes. Right? Yeah, isn't it? It's, it's the, I told I've you about been this warming when you, him up for weeks. When you interviewed yeah. Eddie Wilson home on the last one, I told you you need to work on your warming up procedures. Well, for we've people. had feedback saying it was the best interview yet. Family been listening again, have they? <laughs> no, you're um, my best friend, actually. So I was I, I was half expecting there to be either cards or cakes or balloons, considering it's my birthday this week, but literally. Sorry, you, this, this week? Yes. Well, that's not close enough then. But it was like two days ago or something. We haven't seen each other since. I did want to draw say, attention to it, mate. Well, you <laughs> Again. I'd actually just say take the point. Take yeah, the what? Take the hint. Take the hint, mate. Oh, wow. How wow. old are you now? 38. So you no one cares. 38. Yeah, well, that's not a real one. No. If it was 40th, I'd be uh, upset for you. <laughs> but, I, but I can't be. Sometimes he went for a, a similar kind of, oh, you're nearly a proper adult now on WhatsApp the other day. I was nearly, like, yeah. Nearly. 38, though, is, um, I'm the oldest of the bunch, aren't I? 38 is definitely one where you start considering what you're going to do for your 40th <laughs> for the first time. Oh, I'd so. be considering a lot more than that. I'd be thinking, <laughs> do I just end it? Wow. Genuinely, why not? Anyway, Life in thanks, general. thanks for having me back. Yeah, thanks for being here. It's an absolute pleasure. Uh, this episode is brought to you by our friends at Football Index, the football stock market where you can buy and sell players for real money. Sign up today at footballindex.co.uk and use the code TBMINDEX. It's our very own code. And you can trade with a £500 money-back guarantee. New customers only, 18+. plus. And a reminder of that code, it is TBMINDEX. Index. If you want that five hundred pound money back guarantee, and um, Mark, since you were last with us on on this podcast, uh, something quite incredible has happened, which of course is that you have become a a Twitter viral sensation. We oh, should yeah, mention at this yeah. point. Oh yeah, like you don't know about it. I didn't think um, you to mention it, but that's all right. I'm definitely going to mention it because it's it's one of the biggest tweets of of the year, really. If no one's yeah. uh, if you're not familiar with this, this was the tweet from Celebrity Mastermind with uh, Amanda Henderson on, who's the actress from Casualty. And her question about Greta Thunberg, wasn't it? Yeah, I think she, she was asked, um, what's the name of the eco-warrior? Blah, 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 blah. Long explanation. Uh, and then she she didn't know, which is fine. But she took a punt at it. And uh, <laughs> she took a punt. And why not? Have a go. By all means, have a go. And, and she uh, went viral. Here, here is the bit from Celebrity Mastermind, which you tweeted out, which went viral. The 2019 book entitled No One Is Too Small To Make A Difference is a collection of speeches made by a Swedish climate change activist. What's her name? Sharon. Yeah, and the thing is, uh, it, it wasn't me laughing at her. It's just a funny answer. It wasn't me <laughs> bullying her for, for saying something. Like, you're supposed to just mastermind the way it works is you're supposed to just say something rather than pass because it gets held against you at the end. So you may as well say something. But it just happened to be that 
Um, I think the word Sharon is quite funny on its own. <laughs> yeah, it's a it perfect a storm, name. really. It's it's that's all it was. And actually, it wasn't a very good tweet. It's just one of those that picked up. Last time I checked, it was over 160,000 likes and about 30,000 <laughs> retweets. Has your timeline just been going ping, ping, I, I ping, crazy? It. I muted it within about an hour. As soon as it looked like going big, I thought, I don't, I, this can't be my next week of my life, can it? <laughs> <laughs> but then I had like Sky News and, and, and LBC calling me up for interviews to talk about the tweet. And I was like, at most, that is say? a five-second interview. That's, what do you want me to say? Yeah, I did the tweet. See you later. Yeah, I, I didn't say Sharon. Yeah, I just put my phone out. <laughs> yeah, all of it was get my phone out. You can hear my wife cooking fajitas in the background. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, this is not a high budget thing. What no. sort of fajitas? Uh, chicken. Nice, yeah. beautiful. Nice. Could you chicken fight that animal? Could you fight a chicken, Mark? <laughs> Sorry. Could you fight a chicken? A live chicken? Yeah. Well, of course, could easy. Absolutely. Bring you, snack, so. you couldn't fight a dead one. It's more Mark's going, theory, it? just for anyone who hasn't heard, it, Mark's theory that he could take on any animal, any place in the world, mm. and defeat them, regardless of the size of animal. Okay. So Pete's starting yeah. off with a, a chicken there, but you, you'd go as far as a bear or anything I'm like that. I'm not going to encourage With this. the caveat no, no, no. that it's, you know, preference of life, yeah, any animal. Yeah, you're not going to go around killing an animal really no, nearly. I'm not going to run an oi bear, you know, I'll have you. It's no you way. or the bear. Yeah. The bear right. dies. So I've got a train to catch. Um, <laughs> yeah. can, can move this on a bit. Absolutely. We've covered Sharon, uh, your tweet, and also uh, Mark's obsession with defeating animals in a life or death scenario. <laughs> so, moving on from that, uh, welcome along and thanks for listening in. Each episode, we dig into one element of the noughties, from the sublime to the ridiculous. I think we've probably covered that off already, haven't we? Uh, today, it's time to reminisce, to remember and rejoice, to hark back to happier times, to put aside the modern Premier League pantomime prior to the billionaire owners when the shirts were baggier, the shorts were dirtier, before the big four became the big six and Cristiano Ronaldo would always do one too many tricks. Today we celebrate the glorious golden era. It's the things we miss most about football in the noughties. So things we miss about the noughties, that's what we're talking about today. We'll also have a football fact or football fiction coming up where I try and work out the uh, factual statement from the fictitious ones. Normally, Pete, we would normally do this based on, because you're in charge of this, we'd do it based on the theme. Um, Mm. So if we were doing, you know, Jose Mourinho, for example, it would be three facts about Jose Mourinho. How's it going to work today? Today, we're going to focus in on on two men who were Goliaths at this this time of, of football in Andy Gray. And Richard Keyes. Now we're not going to go into detail of some of the more unpleasant stuff, but we are going to certainly cover. What? Um, you might not be. Yeah. <laughs> Legally, we're not going to. No, but um, but we're going we're to focus in on them for fact or fiction because they are two. No matter what way you look at it, ridiculous men. But let's just start. I don't know how you want to do this. Do you want to just throw things out there of things uh, you miss about football in the noughties, which we've all established and people listening will mm. know is, is it's the golden era uh, of football. Holmesy, would you like to just throw one out there? Start it off. Uh, everything. Which okay, is why yeah. we started a podcast. Great. All about 2000 football. Um, Let's uh, yeah. move to football fact and fi- football fiction, and then we, you've got your train to catch. And uh, in four minutes. That's <laughs> okay. quite nice if you this, isn't it? Yeah, really okay. nice. Break it down for me. You can't just say everything. Um, the one that sprung to my mind straight away was unknown signings, mm. because now it doesn't matter who you sign. It could be a player from the Slovenian second division, and within seconds there'll be someone on Twitter. Yeah, he's really good. He's got a really good because pa- it's in a YouTube compilation. There was none of that. Well, you go on transfermark.com. Exactly, and, yeah, and yeah. who's got all these stats, and you can paint yourself out as an expert of literally anyone. Back in the day, you would, you know, Derby, Stoke, those kind of computer sign players that you had never heard of. Genuinely, and you couldn't find anything else. 
It happened out bigger, bigger clubs than that even yeah. still. Like it, it was genuinely, who is this person on the team sheet? Who is it? And it's way more exciting. Way more exciting. Because you don't know if it was a, a legitimate top player from, from some obscure foreign league or if it's just a guy they found outside the stadium. Who, oh, I've got a pair of boots. Yeah, come on, play. <laughs> I think that happened quite a few times with Stoke. Actually. <laughs> I actually remember going to a game away, <laughs> away at Berry with Stoke. And this is a genuine story. Um, Peter Thorne, who was our best striker at the time, turned up five, ten minutes into the match and sat behind me and my dad. And he's watching for a couple of minutes. And he taps my dad on the shoulder and says, who's that up front for us? He, did, he, did, he didn't know oh, who wow. the hell we'd signed, and that was an actual player. Yeah. That actual team didn't even know. The other thing about uh, you know players now having YouTube reels and all this kind of stuff is that all players that are signed now look better than they are, which Absolutely. I find quite annoying. So you know, if lead signs someone, you go on, you go, look at this, gets mm. around on the WhatsApp, look at this skill, yeah. unbelievable. Yeah, exactly. Hard come easy. I'm not even joking. I am useless at football and could put together a reasonable show reel to go onto YouTube that people would look at and think. Oh, look at him! He just did a little swivel. <laughs> look at that! But there was none of that then, so it was it no. was that kind of that unknown. There was the kind of unwrapping of who is this player going to be. I always went with football manager or at the time championship manager stats as well. So you'd go, oh, he signed him. Yeah. I always try and buy him and football manager or championship manager. What? But then. teams did that as well. Yeah, yeah, teams did that as well. So you would have this thing of like. I think he could be good. He's got 15 on, on, yeah, on yeah, finishing. Yeah, yeah. And all of a sudden, like you, you you go into that and then you get excited by those players. Now, obviously, you follow 15, 20 different experts from across the world. Oh, this player's doing this. This player's doing this. There's the tweets. There's the YouTube stuff. It's all going around. But there, my, my focus was normally just, right, we've been linked with this guy. Let's have a look. And you click on yeah. him, you work it out. And that's, that was one of the pure joys of that time. What, what I used to like is the idea that if I don't know who it is and none of my friends who are fans know who it is, the team that we're playing against probably doesn't know that yes. much about them. I agree. We signed uh, Gregor Raziak at Derby, yeah. and I'd never, ever heard of him. First, I've seen him when he was, he was banging in some pretty special goals for us quite quickly. He got a move to Tottenham in the end. But it was a genuine unknown. And I remember thinking, how do you coach against that? I do like the idea that because we didn't know, they didn't know. They haven't got scouting departments. They, they do not know. It's, it's not on YouTube. They've got no clue who this guy is. Yeah, but I actually do believe that. Because I, I think that the 2000s, yes, it was corporate by that point, and, and yes, it was a lot of money behind it, but it isn't the same as what it, was, as what it is now. This is and exactly, it, yeah. And there is still that fun part of the game which felt quite amateurish. I think what you're saying is Brexit's here... Let's ban all compilations of foreign YouTube players. So no one knows yes. anything. I'm saluting as we speak. And then every player signed from overseas, we get really excited about because we don't know anything about them. I yeah. can't believe we've we've got a double Brexit mention so far. Eight minutes that's, in. That's quite Especially considering the, the, the beliefs of us in this room, generally speaking. <laughs> just, yeah. Well, I'll speak for yourself, Pete. <laughs> <laughs> I will. <laughs> I'll Mark, make it painfully clear, Holmes. Mark's trying to make Stoke its own nation state. So uh, Stoke, Stoke is trying to make Stoke yeah. its own nation state. <laughs> Um, so uh, we we start with that then, um, which is unknown Sandys. Are there any that, that spring to mind for you that uh, you could just na name that you're thinking about? Stoke-wise, there's a guy called Sammy Bangora mm. who he signed in the mid-2000s. And he comes from Standard Liège, so you know not an unknown club. And it was 900 grand, which was a lot of money for us at the time. Uh, but I knew nothing about him. And he didn't make his debut for two months. So still, oh, something, something oh. is kind of wry here. <laughs> but he ended up scoring eight goals in nine games. I was at uni at the time with Alex Brook, who, who will tell you all about Sammy Van Gogh. Absolutely loved the guy. Then he went to the AFCON <laughs> with Guinea and just didn't come back. <laughs> <laughs> he went April. We had the manager. It was a brilliant season for Stoke. We had a manager called Joran Boskamp, who was Dutch and just said what he meant. And he said he'd like to kick him in the bollocks. Uh, he eventually did come back. Pre-season went AWOL again and ended up leaving 
like for Boa Vista, I think it was, got called a disgrace by the chairman. So it's just loads of fun. That yeah, that would be great yeah. value now, wouldn't it? Nine hundred grand to get eight goals. Yeah, uh, well, one hundred and ten and a bit grand a goal. That's pretty good value going, isn't it? But there was that kind of balance as well, where actually it wasn't just players coming in. It was once a player left. It was much harder to actually track yeah. what they were doing. Gone. They're done forever. You don't need to hear about how we're with you. They scored one goal in 45 games, but now they're in Belgium scoring 60 in 10. To be fair, I don't buy by that. Anyone who leaves Stoke are now dead to me. I don't care. They don't exist. <laughs> they've left the they've, Republic they've of Stoke. They've left the Republic yeah. of Stoke. Yeah. Yeah. They, they no longer exist. They've been Bangored. Yeah, they've been Bangored. <laughs> <laughs> Mark, uh, what were you thinking of? when you think about the Norton and those things that you really, really miss? What's what's springs to mind? Um, I'm a big fan of uh, the football shirts that didn't fit properly, oh, the ones yeah. that were too big. Yeah, and I'll tell you why. First of all, it was more like the '90s football, which I was brought up on, and I love that. But secondly, the players I'm watching already are often very good-looking people who are extremely good at their jobs, multimillionaire, famous people, greatest lives you could possibly imagine. I don't also need to see how perfectly chiseled they are. <laughs> I'd rather you be in a dumb, baggy shirt, frankly look like shit, <laughs> and I can then get on board a little bit and be like, oh, he is human, it's fine. Now I watch football, it's like, well, these, these chiseled athletes, it's too much for me, man, I can't handle it. This plays exactly into what I was one of my topics was going to be, which I'm is sorry, I don't man. feel like footballers are normal people anymore. <laughs> right, right. Do you know what I mean? Like you, 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 you go on, you put TV on, and everyone is slick. Everyone looks like they've been hit by an Assos bomb. Yeah. And it's like this kind of like these like silky sort of shiny things. Whereas before, I mean, there is no way, no matter how good they were at football someone who looked like Martin Keown would make it to football now or if they did right. it'd be like the, the cut down the side beautifully gelled the curled hair the would not let him sign the, the Giroud cut as it's known the Giroud cut like, by, by the way the, the, the thing with the shirts in the 90s and the 2000s anyone of any shape could buy a football shirt wear yeah. it in the yeah. stands and not look ridiculous to a certain extent yeah yeah yeah, yeah. now but with them being you know that, that if you've got a Spurs shirt or for example very tight fitting you, you can't get away with that if not you're, very when, forgiving is it really not at all and if, if you're literally a couple of pounds overweight you're going to see every every ounce of that well they do that they do that what's it called it's called like the, the player Stadium fit shirt. or whatever you know right, that, yeah. there's that and then there are the regular fit mm. up to when Roma, five times XLs when Roma bought in the Kappa shirt that was the sort of the sea change uh oh we're in trouble <laughs> the second skin yeah. kind of thing yeah, yeah. 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 as if you, you already knew that you were on a, a different level from a footballer they were in a different place but now you can't even fit in the shirt I have to yeah. umbridge with you though Pete for two things. One, Ooh. ASOS, I've never heard it pronounced like that, and I stand to be correct. But I'm surely happy. What are you saying, with... ASOS? I would have thought so. I, I, I don't know. think it matters. I don't lose well, sleep over it. I am losing I'm, I'm actually on, on neither one of yours team with this. Oh, God, yeah. did you have a different way of saying no, it? No, I just don't care about you it. Yeah. Yeah. So you are on my team, actually. I couldn't give a shit. And the other thing was, I do not buy into the idea that there are no ugly footballers now. No, no, it's not about ugliness. It's just about that look, isn't it? It's it's about the the, the kind of so quaffered, quaffered, quaffered. Yeah. It's, it's like a, it's like a production line. Yeah, it's 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 all these things. You can imagine them all wearing sh like trousers that are slightly too short for the leg with the sockless shoe. You know, that kind of you don't I don't feel like as many footballers you get through now and they feel like normal people. That that's not because the facial structure of people. It's because if you are a young man who may be single or whatever and you've got a lot of money, you can chuck money at it to a certain extent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can get your teeth done, you can do whatever. And people are much more open to that generally now. Yeah. So I think, actually, it's a product of society. Because you see it all the time. You go on anyone's Facebook, everyone looks exactly the same in the club. Yeah. And all awful. I'm but, not having this one. Is it, is it not just that we're older now, so we no. don't have cool haircuts and sit in the desk? Whoa, 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 who
he's been, but Holmes has been for a haircut this week, right? <laughs> what was the instruction to your hairdresser? Uh, I'm too lazy to get it cut, so just quit really short as the last three. So I don't have to come back, basically. Like, us three, on the other hand, you've got a lovely, lovely haircut. Well, I did disagree, but Pete and I are in a situation where we go to the hairdresser and say, just get, make it the best it looks so as it looks like it's not receding. Yeah, 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 make it look as thick as possible. As possible. Yeah. Mike, you've got a, a lovely head of hair over there. Pair, thank I you. disagree, but I'm not going on about footballers having great hair. What I will give you, I'll, I'll, I'll This is a negotiation one, I'll give you one point. <laughs> Holmesy is so aggro today. I'll, I'll, I'll negotiate on. on the thing that you remember. The thing that I do remember, <laughs> which you can have, is when Wayne Rooney had that Ford KA, which just would not happen today, like... Brandon Williams has probably got a, a Ferrari or something. So, so interesting. Maybe, maybe Rooney. Maybe Rooney was the peak of yeah. players seeming normal lads and normal blokes. And after Rooney, football couldn't match someone being that normal anymore. And we, yeah, yeah, yeah. We might have that just that might be it. the zenith. That could be mm. it. That yeah. was a tipping point. Interestingly, in your ASOS ASOS debate, surely it's a Ford Ka, not a Ford well, Ka. You know oh, I still don't Ford. care. <laughs> <laughs> I still don't care. Ford. Get in touch, you know. Yeah, I've seen it. was a free Ford car. <laughs> oh my God, we're all going to be driving around in Ford cars with amazing clothes from assholes. Cannot wait. Um, can I throw one in there? There's a danger of this, and I really don't want it to be that of that kind of like just sounding old. And I don't want to do that. But I genuinely think this totally changed things is going to a football match without having a phone to take the pictures. Like granddad. And the fo- oh, come on. Don't be- <laughs> But I think it's totally the changed. Of his gramophone. Just... It's totally changed how people watch football in a stadium and when you're watching it with your mates and but people on Twitter it? following. Yes, it has. It, it's a certain sort of person is yeah. using their phone in the stadium. I didn't use it when I when I couldn't, and I don't use it now. Tourists might be, but they'd have been doing something else with a camera anyway at the time, right? I agree. You're not yeah. on this one either from me. <laughs> it's my thing that I miss from the noughties. You can't take it away from me. It's, it's kind of my thing. thing. You miss the fact that something hadn't really been invented yet. I'll behave a lot. Because <laughs> my, my dad used to take a radio with him and listen to the BBCT's commentary yes, while, uh, while he was good. watching the game. Then, and I'm sure that when your dad was doing that, people like him were saying, oh, what's he got that... F- yeah, All contraption right, for right, let wireless. Me give you, let me give you, you a, let me give you a, yeah. let me give you a tangible example of this. Uh, a great thing at the end of a match is when the announcer reads out the scores of the other games. Yeah. Mm. Okay, because people don't know what it's going to be, and there's a moment in the stadium Bastard. that's gone. Won me round. Yeah, yes. I, get, I completely get it. <laughs> <laughs> retort. <laughs> I retort. Completely get it. Okay, here's a retort. Would you have not got that on a radio previously? No, listen, I'm not saying it does. No, of course, no. of course, you could have done. Of course, uh, I'm just saying that that was. I remember, you know, half time and then the full time scores yeah. was a thing yeah, on the it way was, out. Yeah, it was, yeah. Now you still when it comes we upon did it, Valen Crew, half right, time. So yeah, when it comes did, up, yeah. when it comes up on the screen, even if people everyone knows it, you still have a bit of a cheer about it, you know, if one of your rivals has lost. But that was a genuine part of going to football, which I think has been lost slightly. Yep. And it's to do with the phones and the You've won you can't have that one. I can't have that one. I'm on you right. I didn't realise these were all going to be so hard for. I didn't think it was even that sort of format. <laughs> I've made it. I thought we were the same. This is what I remember. <laughs> what, what, what I will say, nice Mark chat. Smith, is that this is the first time this has happened. <laughs> <laughs> and we're all paddling quite quickly under the surface. Right. Back home's just on, lays waste of the podcast. You're not having that. You're not having that. Smarty pants over there. Come on then, give us another one then. And whatever it is, I'm shooting you down. Go. Club spending with just just reckless abandon before it got yes. such a bloody bad name. Yes, <laughs> before everyone thought it was terrible and point deductions and things like that were coming. Just spend and spend and what you mess want. yourselves up like Leeds. It's just crazy. All right, what's the highest number you can think of? Right, put it on this check. Yeah, brilliant. Double it, not even close. The stories of like Seth Johnson signing for Derby and all that yes. stuff. Yeah, they went in with a they went in with an amount that they wanted and and 
Peter Ridsdale 30, just goes 30 grand. They were looking for, I, I don't know they what the number they were looking for 7 grand a week something like that and he goes and he offered 30 whatever that amount was let's say it was 7,000 and the story goes something along the lines of that Peter Ridsdale he, he didn't look happy when he was but, so he, he just kind of panicked and said yeah. we'll give you 30 grand <laughs> 30 grand a week and they were like okay we'll sign that it's a reckless abandon I mean Leeds is obviously the example which led to our demise for a period of time but but yeah it was kind of I guess when Abramovich comes in it was and Abramovich. it's just spend it's spend spend it's yeah. like oh wow this this is different and look at all the money it, and look it's at as the soon as Abramovich in. comes in that's that it's that moment but I suppose the difference between then and now and the reason it was exciting then was was that it was new yeah and we had this an oligarch yeah came to came to the country and just completely opened his wallet and said I'm gonna do whatever I want I'm gonna get in Jose this exciting young guy who we'll get onto later, I'm sure. And I'm going to spend what I want. And when you saw every other day there'd be something happening that summer, you'd see like Makaleli would go. Then you'd see, uh, it was the same summer, but Crespo, see, Crespo Damien Duff, Scott Parker. And it was just like everybody you ever imagined could sign was signing. Well, I mean, obviously, way too many in the end and too much money. But it was just, it was like for the first time in my life watching Championship Manager with all the cheats on. Yeah, yeah. And just going, right. That's what this guy's doing. We did a full episode about Chelsea, and, and I feel exactly the same way. Love that. I was on my first lads' holiday that summer. We were buying the paper every day. I won't say which one because it's frowned upon these days. But um, but yeah, every day back page. <laughs> I think we know the Chelsea, one you're talking about. Chelsea are going to sign another player, and it was yeah. You know, my God, they're going to sign Wayne Murray. And it was just yeah, tremendously yeah. exciting. And uh, it was great because nowadays it's FFP and stuff, and not anyone can do it. But back then it was like, well, if it can happen to Chelsea. Yeah. It could happen to my club. Yeah. And and it was just so exciting that someone could take over a club and just take it from zero to zero in like two seasons. So uh, from a, a Leeds point of view, obviously that doesn't end well for us. But at the time, yeah, yeah. you didn't know Sensational time. I mean, you know, Ferdinand signs for 18 million. There's a Robbie Fowler and there's this one and that one. You're just like... What's going? On? This is this is incredible. Where's all, all this money? Where's all this money come from? I'm gonna cry. Where's all this money come from? Nowhere, Rich. Yeah, That's the problem. It all. Um, yes, and now where's it, it gone? We'll have the money if you qualify for the Champions League. Oh shit! But now, I mean, if you're looking at the money coming in from abroad, from oligarchs, from wherever, it seemed quite quaint and interesting. Still, then, I think it yeah, was it only when Man City when that happened and it was bought by essentially a, an oil state, where it became a bit more serious, a bit less sort of cuddly. Not that Russian yeah. oligarchs are cuddly, <laughs> but relatively. <laughs> Come over here, like Roman, it. give us a, for <laughs> yeah. a snuggle. But it all just seems, it now just seems like it's football is defined by that rather yeah. than it be yeah, an interesting it. addition to it. A longer kind of similar theme to all this was not necessarily a club going full oligarch or whatever, but like Bolton signing JJ Kocha. Oh, Stuff yes. that, that, it was best in the 90s when the foreign players first started coming over but even in the 2000s you had that ridiculous mix of like old British players who'd, who'd been like life clubbers or whatever and then guys like JJ Kocher coming in here and Jorkev and Campo and yeah it's just sensational love that that mix should we mention him because he got a half mention anyway um, M- Mourinho when, when we all loved Mourinho fun Mourinho fun Jose fun Jose what a guy what, what a guy. guy! But we see we see Fun Jose every three years because he's Fun <laughs> Jose for about three weeks of every new <laughs> job he gets <laughs> yeah. before he loses his mind and starts sort of stabbing his own players. At that time, you did have some big name managers, but you had really Wenger and Ferguson who were the big daddies of the Premier League. Yeah. And all of a sudden, this insolent young pup comes in, but that pup is also fucking unbelievable at his job. So all of a sudden, he comes in, and not just is he great at his job, not just is he, is he a young upstart as opposed to these two 
sort of big guys. Yeah. He's also just coming in and he's got the quips and he looks quite cool and he's running down touchlines when he's at port and all this stuff. And all of a sudden, yeah, you get this this lovely Mourinho and then you get to the Mourinho we get to now, which you're right. You know, we, yeah. we, we, it very quickly descends into kind of this insular character, which is sad because I do remember, as we've said on that Mourinho podcast, I adored that man. Yeah, he was great. Well, Jose was, he was the, the substitute English teacher who would come to your class and he'd sit on the chair backwards. Like, and it'd be like, oh, is it, who is this cool guy? Because ne- we'd never seen anyone. Yeah. Like Pete says, yeah, there were huge name managers that we'd seen over the years, but no one who was sort of as glamorous as this, who looked the way he looked, who spoke with such confidence. It was like, oh my God, this is I love so this good. I love this man. I think you've got to the crux of it there. Now, there's not, nothing new can happen. There's nothing new, there's nothing different can happen. In the 2000s, new things are happening all yeah, the time. Yeah. yeah. You know, big name managers, big name players coming over as the, as the Premier League got richer and richer. So it's just constantly exciting now. It's done. Football's finished. End. Right. Okay. End. <laughs> oh, blimey. Mate, take a deep breath. It's okay. Oh, no. I like the idea that there's a possible substitute teacher listening right now who's going to try that tomorrow. Gonna go <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go with the old backward chair. Job. The episode of The Simpsons where. And speaking of The Simpsons, by the way. Yeah. You were, yeah. This, yeah, it was, yeah. <laughs> I genuinely didn't mean to do that, Link, but I have done. This, I know you're going to ask me in a second, Rich, but I'm going to jump in here because there's a link Go here. for it. The Simpsons being on at six o'clock on Sky One straight after a game on a Sunday, right? Oh. Where the match would finish straight away over to Sky One. Yes. When The Simpsons was still good. And then a double bill and the second one was the new one. That brings an unbelievable sense of like joy to me. Do you know what I mean? Like the idea, because that was that's what made Sunday's a, That's what made a Sunday. You had a Sunday yeah. dinner or whatever. You saw your grandma in the morning and then you watched the game on the afternoon <laughs> and then football was done. I love the episode of The Simpsons. There's something mm. about that, the set routine of how things yeah. were, whereas now it's all over the... It, I, I would never be one to say there's too much football or there's too much football on TV, but there was a certain thing about knowing that it was in chunks and in things. It's a little Four bit like going, Sunday, it's a little bit like going back to talking about you know Twitter and everything's on there at the moment. You know, for me back then, match of the day was a more important thing yeah. on a, on a on a night that you know if I went out into town, we'd start off in a bar that had that on in the background because that's what we wanted to see before we went on to do whatever. Whereas now you've got the goals, so I think there is something in that yeah. kind of routine that it became that, and now it's just. Whenever, wherever, constant, all the time. Is there also something to be said about the shared collective experience yes. of watching Match of the Day at the same time? Because now I've, yeah. I've not seen anything apart from live sport at the time it goes out for years. I don't need to watch on a Saturday night. Yep. And I think you, you miss out a lot of that as well. Also, this is very much take me back to my day when I was young and everything was great, but I swear Super Sunday used to be better than what it was. <laughs> but they called it that for a reason. Yeah. It was good for a bit. It used to be like the biggest games of the yeah. week and now it's just any old shit Did they say there. Super Sunday every week? It wasn't every week, was it? It was just no, when the biggest right. games big were. Game, yeah. That was in the 90s though. Yeah, it was in the 90s. I think it? so, yeah. For God's sake, Mark. <laughs> That's one strike. <laughs> Three and you're out. But you're right. They'd, they'd bill it as Super Sunday when they had specifically two great games on. There you go. Agreed. Passed. Phew. Pleased about that. Let's uh, just mention another one that was suggested to us as well. Strike partnerships, says Andrew Chadwick, which was uh, a thing that's kind of disappeared over the years, really, hasn't it? As more teams have got a kind of one up front situation going on or sort of three. But but that kind of two or the big man, small man was still still around then, wasn't it? It's rubbish these days because people get away. Yeah, you start everything. With saying, with, it's rubbish these it's, days. It's, it's rubbish. It's, it's actually a myth because everyone wants to play number 10, but they don't score any goals. Like back in the day, Bergkamp and Zola were number 10. They scored loads of goals in Sheringham. Yeah, yeah. What, what do these number 10s do these days? They just play there. 
five assists this a season. Is, this is an old man just it's shouting at the you, um, it's it's Old you know man the, shouts at Cloud. Are that's, you, the, uh, that's the Simpsons meme, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. <laughs> you all right, mate? I'm not all right, actually. Number 10s need to start contributing. There, there is definite straight partnerships and things like the 4-2-3-1 has, of course, like, gone towards killing that. But uh, I don't know. It's interesting because... It, it kind of comes back to what we were saying in terms of like how it was much more about a collective thing where you, that was a team, whereas now a lot of the focus, and we're part of this as the media, is on one person. So before it was like, right, so it's York and Cole or whatever, you know, Shearer and Sutton or Quinn whatever. Quinn and Phillips. Quinn and Phillips, right, amazing. <laughs> but now it's kind of, now you wouldn't be sort of saying, uh, you'd be saying, well, Kevin Phillips scores most of the goals in that situation. Let's yeah. only focus on Kevin Phillips. Do you see what I mean? Like the, the focus has moved from what is the collective, what's great about this team to what's great about that person within this team. Yeah. And that kind of, I think, has added towards that. I think it's a good shout strike partnerships because how many, how many, how many yours? It wasn't yours. <laughs> it was my mate though, actually. But congratulations, man. What's a strike partnership in the Premier League right now? Shoot. Wood and uh, who's at Burnley? Barnes. 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 Wood and Barnes. But the fact is, you're right. The fact that I know that is because it's been brought up a lot this season mm. because it's pretty much the only one. Now this is all cyclical, of course. Yeah, of I think course. In yeah. a, it, it could yeah. be in a year, two, five, six years time. We're all back to four four two, and we're starting to see it a little bit. Teams are starting to experiment again with it, yeah. and praying they're not too open in the middle of the park. <laughs> but I do miss, I do miss a strike partnership. Absolutely, that's that would be high up on my list of things I miss from the two thousand. Who was the one in the Watford one? Was it Gallo and um, Dini? Surely. Was it was it Gallo and yeah. Dini? Was it because they because that was that, that did was feel proper. like a proper partnership? You know? But actually, look at United. I mean, the way Rashford plays is very much all right. He starts on the left, but him and Martial what, what, what are up top. What are you top. doing? What are you doing? This is, this is modern football. We don't talk about modern football. Well, no, it's it. modern football in relation, to, in relation to 2000s football. No. So, so we do sort of say <laughs> a little bit. But we're not having that SAS style. Well, yeah. that, was, that was 90s. Acronyms. They've gone. Where are they? Or initialisms, as if you want to get specific. <laughs> I don't. I, I do. <laughs> no, I'm not sure I want to go down that route either. Uh, can I mention one here, which is football for me in that era was the perfect balance between aggressive tackling and... Being able to get away with stuff, I think, is the best way of putting that. Keenan Vieira or the, those... Sherwin, Burkham, plays that with the elbows. That kind of thing. It was better, wasn't it? Just imagine some of those players playing now, how like sanitised they would become. Or how, how would Vieira be if he was playing now? Would he be able to be as tough tackling and as hard as he was then? Or would that have taken something away from his game? I mean, yeah, absolutely. He'd, he'd be someone, realistically, who would get booked mm. at least once the whole game. time. <laughs> and if he doesn't get booked all the time, you're right, he has to take a big part of his game out of it and, and you don't get Patrick Vieira anymore. You just get uh, any one of the centre midfielders currently playing. You can get away with being silly, but yeah. you could get away with like having a bit of a ruckus with and the ability was still there, the ability it? was still so high that it was these were technically brilliant players who happened to be able to mix it up like that. Pete, you give us one. I always look back on those Champions League nights on ITV. I know that's yes. a, like it's a very '90s memory when you first go there. Still going heavily into the 2000s, of course, but the the feeling of warmth sitting in a house on a Tuesday or night or a Wednesday, whichever one they were allowed to do, I can't remember, <laughs> and just watching those kick those games from the '90s into the 2000s before ITV lost the contract. Those those were the nights where European football felt yeah really tangible and touchable. And, and again, it's like collective experience where yeah. we, we, you knew there were eight million people doing the same thing, and you had commentators who you grew to love and mm. and just like you know Clive Tilsley became essentially the voice of Manchester United League. well yeah, <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah but it was it was like oh I know where I am this is my my uncle Clive is now commentating on this brilliant Champions League night and now yeah it's just it's, it's been sort of blown apart by too many options and I suppose that comes back to Tyler 
and actually Andy Gray, which, you know, without, without getting into the Andy Gray, Richard Key stuff, Gray and Tyler were the sound of a Sunday, weren't they? Andy Gray, just as a broadcaster, he was absolutely brilliant, yeah. I thought. I mean, he, he was as good as Gary Neville is now. Yeah. And he was the first one, really, the ex-player to come through and really make it as a broadcaster. Him and Richard Keyes together was brilliant, no matter what happened afterwards, which obviously... And during, and possibly before. (laughs) (laughs) Tell you what I'm not pleased has gone. The Intertoto Cup, the greatest European (laughs) Cup competition of all time. Just a great competition. Who's going to win it? Who knows? Because there's about 17 different finals of it. And that's just... (laughs) Give everyone a chance. Fair play. You know, you you play in your... You play in your... Everyone play in your... I remember there's one year when Spurs just didn't... Because it started in like two weeks after the last season finished. It was ridiculous. And Spurs just... Obviously, didn't want to play in it, so they just hired, like they loaned a load of rubbish players just to play in Intertoto. So got like two month loan deals or whatever, and then got like Alan Pardew when he was thirty four or something to play in the Intertoto Cup for him. I was going to say it's strange to have a competition that teams don't want to play in, but we've got that with like domestic cups now, don't we? So it's not yeah. uh, it's not <laughs> like most, uh, most tournaments. I think most tournaments people don't want to play in until sure. the business end, really. Premier League is where the money is, and that's all that matters. That's all they're yeah. bothered about. Can I throw something in there? Because I was thinking back to sort of noughties football and like standout things for me. And one of them, I don't know why it's, it stands out, it was just, I really love that tournament, bar England, was Brazil, but particularly the front three of Ronaldo, Rivaldo and Ronaldinho. As a, as a front three for Brazil in that 2002 World Cup, which I obviously go on and win, and were brilliant in as well, and scored some amazing goals. Like I, I, I don't, I'm not sure you'll get a front three like like a Brazilian front three like that again. It was pretty amazing. That front three was their name. Just their names were just fun to say. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was everything about them. Fun to watch. Fun to say. Fun to talk about. Not fun to play against. But just brilliant. And that that World Cup, which I mean, looking back on it, seemed pretty dodgy. Was that the World Cup when <laughs> the Japan, story came out about Ronaldo, uh, Ronaldinho being like a pneumatic drill? Do you remember? Yes. That's Do you remember that? That yeah. Yeah. I've got to repress Great days. that. Great days. I've repressed that tale. <laughs> Just remind me. Remind uh, well, I can't go into it. What sort of podcast is this? <laughs> <laughs> Let's just say he was at it on a regular basis Extra for long periods of time. <laughs> Let's just say exactly what I wanted to yes, say. There was, no, there was no like, euphemism in that. No, it was just that he was consistently having sex for a long time with a huge penis. Oh, don't be blatant about it. I never mentioned the size of his penis. <laughs> Would you like to take this opportunity to talk about it? I, I don't know. Please I expand don't if know. you will. Actually, the very crux of all of this, almost everything we've said, and it might just be that four old men in the room chatting about it is, <laughs> is what it is, but, but it, doesn't, it doesn't feel like anything new can happen now. And that, is very very sad to a certain I extent, think, and it's great it another way. It can, it can, but okay, let's what? say we've been desensitized. <laughs> let's, let's say that we've been desensitized. If I found out a club had, had done a weird deal, like a tiny Premier League club, to sign two players of the likes of Mascherano and Tevez, yeah, yeah. I actually probably wouldn't be surprised anymore. Whereas with West Ham, I was like, holy crap! Wait, let's say this is an opportunity for Mark Smith to predict the yeah. new thing that's going to happen potentially it, it in the future. Immediately can, making it old. We can we can come back to it. strikers with shoulder cannons. Okay. <laughs> Please um, continue. F- uh, flying fullbacks. Yeah, literally. Yes. Oh, on like turbo sort of jet sort of things. Maybe. Oh, maybe with jetpacks. My point is this. So I think we are of a generation where we've grown up and we've seen the technological revolution, right? Yeah. We've, we've gone from being essentially analog to digital. So we're not going to be that shocked by the next things that happen over the next 50 years the way our parents have been yeah. by what's happened yeah. now. It's the same thing with football. I agree. We aren't, we aren't going to be shocked by stuff anymore, but new stuff will still be happening yeah, yeah, yeah. and developing and being exciting. So I still think that there's a reason I'll still be watching it in 50 years is that 
new stuff will have happened. Come back to us in 50 years when we're doing a podcast on <laughs> the 2030s. Yeah. How, how much we loved them. It was so great. All that, I mean, all, thing all that new stuff was happening with the shoulder cannons and everything. <laughs> um, a couple of other ones that were, were sent in to us just to mention. Fanzone was mentioned by Jimmy. Hate Fanzone. I hate Fanzone. Well, no, it was worth it just for the... Oh, it's only Ray Parlour. That no. alone was what was worth it just for that moment. Well, Jimmy enjoyed it, guys, so let's not take Jimmy's well, moment Jimmy. away from Stop him. Slagging Jimmy off. Yeah, poor, poor Jimmy. England playing at different grounds. Love says that. Dave. I do miss that. Pete? I've got nothing to expand on other than yeah. I like the fact that England went all over England, and I think it actually should have been a thing rather than spending hundreds of millions of pounds oh, on Wembley. I, political. Compl- I completely agree. Political news, everybody. It was like the boys on tour. <laughs> the boys on tour. It was like, oh, where are we the, You're the national side, go to different parts of the country that aren't London. Yeah, it was great. I remember having England-Mexico at Derby in a 4-0 win, in a friendly. It was absolutely brilliant. I mean, and literally the whole town was talking about it. Well, well done, Dave. Well I feel done. even more sorry for Jimmy now, whose suggestion just got yeah, totally... Jimmy, you idiot. ...pushed to the side. Yeah. We're not interested in that, but we did like England. I'll tell you, like, I'll tell you why I don't like Fanzone, is that I feel like it, it was the precursor to the aspect of social media football that I hate, which is... He's off, the, he's off. The, the, the fan TV stuff, it's got its place, and, you know, it's not... It's just not for me, but I just don't like it, and I I do blame Fanzone for that. Tell I completely like. utterly agree with every single word and noise that Mark just made. Even the noises. <laughs> even the noises. Yeah. We usually edit those out. I tell you what, I did like as well what Sky did briefly. I don't know why they stopped it. I mean, it was rubbish, but I liked it because it was new. Uh, remember when they had the f- the player cam? Player cam. So you could have split screen with the yeah. match and then watch any player you wanted. They did it when uh, Di Maria went to United. Oh, did this quite recently for him? Yeah. We brought it back. Yeah. Did you watch just, it? Just for that one, I did. Was it any good? Or for like a minute, and then you're like, oh, right. Yeah, it's a bit of a slight novelty thing, play. isn't it? Yeah. I could just see a rat-like creature sort of <laughs> scuttling around the pitch. One more for me, multiple player unveiling um, photo oh, shoots. Oh, mate. So, <laughs> oh, yeah. That's yeah. quite really niche. It's quite niche. <laughs> no, 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 I'm off for this. I agree <laughs> with my... He's saving this one right for the end. Um, <laughs> yeah, one spring to mind straight away for me, it was uh, Julio and Roy Evans when they were together, and these six players in the seats around them at Sander Vesterveld oh, wow. and, and that area. It's just phenomenal. You don't, why doesn't that happen anymore? Because, because they all do it on their own Instagram, that's why. Yeah, yeah that's true. Because yeah. it comes back to them being individuals rather than parts of these groups. I mean, if you think about that Chelsea spree, I remember it was Duff, Bridge and... All in one day. Yeah, one of the, all in one day all together getting yeah. signed and that was part of the excitement of, holy crap, they're all there. Yeah, <laughs> like that's that, half, half a team you just bought today. Yeah. The last time we saw it that I remember was uh, Suarez and Andy Carroll. Yeah, yeah. they did do it. Either yeah, they did, yeah. King Kenny. Hashtag take me back. I'm going to start tweeting like just a 19 year old girl, just constantly just pictures of like multiple player photos. She's hashtag take me back. So did, you say, you start, did, you, say, did you say you're going to start tweeting a 19 year old girl? Like a 19 year old girl. I get confused. Is that, what, is that what 19 year old girls do? Ah, uh, I see a lot of it. I don't know. In, in the 20s, I don't know. Just, just mark the edit point there, Mark. <laughs> That's, that would be a sensible place to uh, prevent Mark from saying things, more things he might what, regret. Can you not follow 19 year old girls on Twitter? What can you do? I don't know Look, what you kind of can't do we anymore. We've about Keys and Grey. I think we've gone too, <laughs> too method on this. Yeah. <laughs> Should we go football fact, football fiction? Let's do it. Okay, so um, just a reminder here, because uh, you will each have a statement. Uh, one of which is a fact, two of which are made up totally. They are fiction. Normally, we would do it um, along the theme. Today's theme is a little bit more woolly because it's things we miss from the noughties rather than a specific thing. So, a reminder. So, I decided we, instead of kind of going too nebulous, we're going to focus in on two men we've mentioned of Andy Gray and uh, Richard Keyes. So, let's start with our special guest today. Yeah. Very special guest, uh, Mark Smith. Uh, my fact is this Martin Tyler once made an official complaint against Andy Gray 
because Andy Gray stole his half-time pie at Loftus Road. <laughs> oh, Offici- official complaint seems a bit harsh. It's, it's, I mean, I'm that's going sh- hardcore. Isn't it? to the top. It, when you the um, the press rooms at uh, as you might well know, um, when you go to the football at half time, it is a bit of a scrum, and if there are a lot of people there, the pies go quite quickly. In fact, I was at the press room at Ellen Road uh, just last week, where they ran out of cups for a cup of coffee, so I had to go without. Was right. it you was telling me the Berbatov story? Was that on this podcast or was that? No, I didn't tell you a Berbatov story. He, was this? he basically at a Spurs game. Just started eating all the food, and and someone's like, "Who didn't know who he was? Who who's this guy? You, you, <laughs> can't, you can't eat, sorry, you can't eat that, mate. You've got to have a pass." And he just like shoved a huge pie into his face and start, you know, eating it in front of just smile, and then just walked off and said, "I can do what I want," or something along those lines. Fair enough. Well, yeah. <laughs> I didn't have the guts to do that with my cup of coffee, but the, but they get how quite the standing as uh, Dimitar Berbatov does it. Speaking of guts, I went to a League One game and into the press room there, where you got uh, League One, League Two, you get almost you look if you get a cup of tea at that level. It was a place that did quite good pies, and we had, we all had a pie at half time. Was it Oldham by any chance? Not Oldham. And in the second half, as I looked around, <laughs> you could see every single person in the press box going. No, something's not sat right. Oh, this isn't no. good. And oh. increasingly, you could see everyone going, "Oh, Christ!" Lasagna Gate. So the Lasagna Gate in the in the press box, and it was. Was it, it was, a Balti pie? It was not a Balti pie. Is it, was it a, Wigan? Stop guessing. Stop guessing <laughs> specific pies in town. I love guessing games. Come on, fact or fiction? What's mine? Um, um, Mark. No one's even had a go at it. Well, Mine, wait a minute. We'll, we'll you've find, just, we'll you've just said it. We've, we've got. Come we, on. We're onto pie. We got oh, eight. We got knee deep in pies. I thought you were going to scrutinise me more. But I, no, don't worry. That's coming. Yeah, don't you worry. Holmes, what you got? So you'll love this because Andy Gray was a tough man in his day, but he was actually really scared of Richard Keys. Come out a few years ago. Was there anything specific he cited as being scary? It was just that he was newer to the industry. Richard Keyes obviously was a behemoth. I don't know how to say that word. Behemoth. Behemoth. And he was just a little bit wary of him, I think. And he, and he used to chastise him a little bit if he got things wrong. Andy Gray, Richard Keyes, have a little go of him, go at him. And it just got to the point that he just become quite scared of him. And he spoke about it a few years ago in the interview. Pete, what have you got? Andy Gray and Richard Keyes have made so many negative comments about various football clubs that a number of newspapers refused to discuss what they'd said. Let's go back to the Andy Gray pie theft, Yes, which for me is the one that I really want to be true here. Do we know any more details on the pie, how the theft occurred, or what was the aftermath? I don't know what the pie uh, contents were, um, but I do know that you talk, we were talking about the press room at half time. Yeah. Well, at Loftus Road, they're in the gantry. They stay in the gantry because it's quite tight to get down and up again at half time to the yeah. second half. It's quite difficult. Um, so apparently it was swiped from within the gantry. So someone's brought it up for them and he swiped it, which sounds to me like he's turned his back for mm. five seconds. seconds and he just yoinked it. Yeah. But I'd imagine, like, you know, if you're in close proximity with someone in a small environment, it can take its toll, can't it? And so I imagine it would be. A huge problem in a room of that size to steal someone's pie. I don't know what the context was. And there was probably like build up as well. He probably like half into oh, the coffee first it and like yeah, it, it, weeks and weeks. He's probably yeah. yeah, it's been building and That's eventually peak, it's finished it? with That's the, the, the pie point. theft. He probably nicked a bovril at you yeah. know ha ha ha. White, like, White Hart Lane. So he made an official complaint. Made an official who'd complaint. you co- who'd you complain to? Well, it, was, it well it was someone at Sky Sports. I haven't got the name of the person. Yeah, it would have been there. The guy above them. Yeah, HR or whatever, wouldn't it? Yeah, I guess yeah, so, yeah. Probably. Any repercussions? I don't think so. Just free pies for life. <laughs> okay, <laughs> <laughs> worth doing in the end. I can't imagine Andy Gray being scared of anyone, to be quite honest with you. I don't think he, was, he wasn't scared. I think he would have given it back. No, because he was new, obviously, and really keen to try and make his way in the industry. He wasn't scared of him physically or anything like that, but 
he was an expert, he wasn't. So he would just become really worried about making mistakes, basically, because Keyes was... And he wasn't doing it in a nasty way, I don't think. He was trying to improve him, but Gray just got to a stage where he becomes scared of, of broadcasting because he was worried about making mistakes and getting pulled up. And finally, with the newspapers, they, mm. they refused to... They were criticising local teams. Well, we, 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 I mean, which kind of teams, you know? Well, Generally I mean, only cover the big t- teams, t- didn't they? Yeah, well, I mean, obviously it's relatively more recent, this one, but there is an example, I think, at Newcastle where Richard Keyes was tweeting non-stop saying Rafa Benitez at Newcastle wasn't doing right and maybe he should stick around or should he go, not go. And then he was also saying, look, if he wants some money to spend, why doesn't he spend some of his own money? He's got enough of it. And I think probably, I think it might have been the... Chronicle, I think. I think it was the Chronicle. Fans kept saying, are you not going to talk about this? And I'm like, well, no, because we're just absolutely sick of like, dealing with it. Pete did a little subtle thing there yeah. of looking back at his piece of paper. Yeah, just, I'm going to do that. It was, it was, it was the telegraph. <laughs> really clever. Did, he's, he's, he's awful with the mind games. I don't like it. It, makes <laughs> well, it, me, it was a balty pack. It makes <laughs> me really uneasy when you do that. Okay, I've got to pick one of these. It's either a stolen pie... Uh, Andy Gray being scared of Richard Keyes or uh, Gray's and Keyes making negative comments, uh, newspapers refusing to cover what they were saying. I'm going to discount the newspapers, Pete, even though you did that little sneaky look at your paper as if to say, yeah, I'm the one with the real one. Good actor. Um, It always seems to be Holmesy. But I'm going to say it's not. I am going to say, possibly against my better judgment, but just knowing what those press rooms can be like and the, the fight for the pie... I am going to go that you, Mark, have got the footballing fact and that Andy Gray nicked a pie from Martin Tyler. Yeah, yeah, you're absolutely wrong. Oh, no. Okay, in that case, it's it's Mark Holmes. It's not. <laughs> <laughs> what, one more go? <laughs> I don't want to have another go. It's not fun anymore. <laughs> um, I'm going to say it's Pete. It is me. Well, there you it go. It is me. Well, Mind well, games. Well. I am a superb actor. And I'm available for an unbelievably cheaper rate than Mark Smith. I would genuinely... <laughs> no, no, no. I would... <laughs> You'd be surprised. <laughs> Just paying him in one balty pie, aren't we? I thought that was it. I would genuinely be interested to know, and it's contact at planetfootball.com, if everyone listening gets it wrong every week, or whether it's just me that gets it wrong on every single one. Contact at planetfootball.com. We would love to hear from you. Uh, This episode was brought to you by our friends at Football Index, the football stock market where you can buy and sell players for real money. Sign up today at footballindex.co.uk and use the code TBMINDEX to trade with a £500 money-back guarantee. New customers only. 18 plus. Chaps, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you very much. Thanks, everyone. Thanks for having me. Now have an urgent need to eat a pie. Uh, But apart from that, uh, we will see you next time. Mark, cheers. Adios. (laughs) (laughs) You're just going to spend the next week now thinking what what language you're going to use. Mark Smith, thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you for being an adult and responding normally. And uh, also, Pete, thank you very much. Good day, Blue Passports. (laughs) We'll, uh, (laughs) We'll see you next time on the Broken Metatarsal.